days a week. Radio Chatskill, weekday mornings at 10. from our studios here at Radio Catskill, Liberty, New York. It is the local edition. I'm your host, Jason Dole. Thank you so much for being here with us. Coming up, we'll talk about Older New Yorkers Day. It's coming up in the spring. Sullivan County has the opportunity to honor two local older folks. Lisa Ann Duell, Director of Aging Services, Sullivan County joins us in the second half of the program. First up, we're talking about a new story called After Foreclosing Homes, New York Towns Have to Pay Residents Back. It's from New York Focus, the independent newsroom reporting on how power and politics in New York impact your life and how the state really works. Radio Catskill has partnered with New York Focus to regularly bring you their in-depth journalism. And this story, well, first off, last year here on the local edition, you may recall, we brought you reporting on the big increase in evictions in New York State, especially even in rural upstate New York counties. Well, also last year, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, had a ruling that found it is unconstitutional for municipalities to keep surplus funds from the sale of foreclosed homes that sell at public auctions. So what does that mean for New York municipalities that used to just retain that extra money? Will municipalities even have to pay any of that back? Here to tell us more, it's economic development reporter for New York Focus, Arabella Saunders, joining us once again. Welcome back to the program, Arabella. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be back. That's great. So this this is an interesting story, and it, it touches on issues that we've been covering right along here of of housing and foreclosures. This really gets into the nuts and bolts of how foreclosures work and what happens with those funds. As I understand it, New York was uh, not the only state that was doing this, but the Supreme Court had a ruling last year, as I said in the intro, that says, "Okay, you can't do this." Can you can you give us more detail on where this ruling uh, came from, and we'll, then we'll talk about what it means. For sure. So in May of 2023, the U.S. Supreme Court had a case come up before them, um, a woman named Geraldine Tyler. She was an octogenarian living in Hennepin County, Minnesota, and she had her condo foreclosed on by her local government after failing to pay $15,000 in taxes. But then the local government sold the condo for $40,000. And instead of returning that extra $25,000 back to Tyler, the local government kept it. And so the case is um, taken by the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of Tyler and made it unconstitutional for these local governments to keep this extra money after a tax foreclosure sale. And New York was part of a dozen states that had this practice in place. So the nature of a foreclosure is for X amount. Uh, a municipality forecloses on that property, then sells it at a tax uh, auction, and they get X amount plus, in this example, it was $25,000. Supreme Court says, well, that extra $25,000, what should happen with it? What's going to happen to it from now on, that extra money? 
Yep. So the Supreme Court said that, that from now on, that extra money needs to go back to the former owner, homeowner. So basically, what used to happen is, we'll use New York as an example, you know, someone failed to pay their taxes, and the local government begins the foreclosure, they evict them from the property, they take the deed to the property, and then sometimes they would put it up for auction. And let's say the person owed $10,000 in taxes, the local government will sell the house for $80,000, Instead of paying back the ten thousand dollars to the form or homeowner, they would keep that remaining seventy thousand. But now that remaining seventy thousand would go back to the homeowner. But part of the issue now is that there's not a lot of guidance for how this should play out. So state lawmakers are charged with the task of amending the New York State Constitution to make it follow the Supreme Court ruling. And part of that issue also is, you know, how far back does this go? Is this just for the future or do we now have to decide that all these people who had their money taken from in the past by these local governments should get paid back? And that and that, that could add up to up millions in, <laughs> in some places. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say? And that part's still up in the air. Yeah. And yeah. how... You don't know how it's going to land, but who will determine how that lands when it's no longer in the air? So that will be determined by state lawmakers. Um, so we talked to State Senator Sean Ryan, Democrat, Democrat from Buffalo, and he said there are currently several bills that have been introduced that he believes will be combined into one to restructure the tax foreclosure process in New York. So we're still waiting, like local municipalities, like local people who have lost this money, to figure out what happens next. Okay, on, on the part of the homeowners, one of the points that the folks that you're talking to made in the article, one of the things that come out of this is the realization that uh, people's properties, their their homes, the things that they owned, represent their life savings. It's a major investment. That's where they put a lot of their funds. So even if they weren't able to pay a tax debt, they still had more equity in that property. Um, is So is that part of why the Supreme Court made this ruling is that acknowledgement that there was this major investment on the part of individuals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's exactly. It's not just the physical property itself that gets taken away. It's all this money you've invested over the years um, to own this property. And after you get foreclosed on, instead of you know getting some of that money back and being able to use it to put it forward to new housing, all of a sudden you're left with nothing and also you don't have any home anymore. Is there part of me would say like, Oh, is there, is there any uh, appeal or response to this? This is the U S Supreme court. There, there isn't a, a second opinion or an appeal waiting on this. Is there? No. So that, that's a major change for municipalities. Uh, if again, they're, they're used to going through this process and then they would retain those funds. Um, what are you hearing about response to this so far? For sure. There's been a few different responses. Um, you know, some municipalities are saying it's not a huge dent to their budget overall, but instead it's more of an administrative headache because they have to track down the people who lost these homes, get in contact with them, set up some type of way to give them their money back. And some of these municipalities only have a few employees. And so they're worried about, you know, that being really a lot of work for their employees to do on top of their day-to-day tasks. Um, and for that reason, they're asking for more money from the state to try to get through this administrative headache, as they say. 
Um, so it's really going to play out differently across the state. You know, I talked to Dave Lucas, the director of finance and intergovernmental relations for the New York State Association of Counties. Um, and he was saying that really the impact on local governance budgets will vary. And we're talking about lost equity. Uh, is there also an equality angle to this social justice uh, racism at work here? Because, you know, uh, a lot of real estate is uh, over the years built on uh, past transgressions, generations past, redlining of neighborhoods and such like that. Did that come up at all in your reporting? Absolutely. Um, you know, I talked to the director of the Syracuse Land Bank, and even though land banks, usually this process has been a plus to land banks because they can get these properties at a really low price. But now that municipalities, municipalities have to return the money, land banks are going to have to pay more up front for these properties that they rehab and then put back into the community for sale. Um, and so the director of the Syracuse Land Bank was telling me that really Tyler is a step in the right direction, even if it makes things a little more complicated for her organization. You know, they dealt with a lot of formerly redlined neighborhoods and in around Syracuse, and they saw a lot of minority homeowners who were losing equity when they got foreclosed on. So she thought that this was definitely a step in the right direction and something that needed to be done to reverse that. Were you talking about a difference of... of uh, uh, what this means to the land banks is the example that you have here in the article is talking about, for example, um, before this ruling called Tyler, the city of Syracuse would sell a tax delinquent property to the Syracuse land bank for $151, $150 of that covered administrative fees. Um, now would the land bank have to pay whatever that tax debt is? That's, is that the price line? Like going from $150 up to, you know, tens of thousands of dollars? Yes, that's probably what's going to happen. And for that reason, you know, land banks are looking to the state, just like local municipalities are, um, asking for more money to possibly make that happen. Another solution to that issue they've told me is, you know, setting a limit on how many properties they can take on a year, because now they will be having to pay more money up front for these properties. But that said, just to double back what you said initially, that even though that's a, a new obstacle, they got to figure out how to get over. In the case of Syracuse Land Bank, they're feeling it overall. This is a step in the right direction. Why? Because this ultimately leads to the uh, better equality than there had been. Absolutely. Yep. Wow, that's great. What else did you find in this story as you dug into it? Because, again, this ruling came from out west, but it does affect multiple states, uh, New York included. So what did you uncover that kind of surprised you about this story? You know, I think the thing that was most surprising to me was that this is just kind of how things were and everyone was accepting it. You know, when you really spell it out, it seems so wild that this is a thing that was allowed to go on for so long. Um, and everyone just thought, yep, that's just the way it works. Um, so I think that was the most fascinating thing about the story. And, yeah, it's exciting to see that now New York can move in a direction where people can get the money that they have worked so hard to earn um, given back to them after they go through something like tax foreclosure. And just as the land banks uh, might be looking for uh, more money, so too county officials uh, might be looking to the state to invest more? Yep, not only to invest more in helping them, you know, fill some potential gaps in their budgets, but also also more money invested in tax foreclosure prevention programs within municipalities. You know, really 
nipping this in the bud and making it so people don't have to go through the tax foreclosure process. No one has to get their surplus returned. Um, they can prevent foreclosure before it happens. Could, yeah, how exactly? Could you explain to me how that an investment like that would actually benefit the people on the ground? Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing we talked about with the New York State Association of Counties is investing in education programs within municipalities. So, you know, going door to door, letting people know that they're at risk of tax foreclosure. Here's some ways that you can prevent it. Investing in payment programs, just really having more people on the ground explaining to people the positions they're in versus just mailing them a letter that might be vague or difficult to understand. Okay, and that that led to a question that that I wanted to ask you that you might not be have the knowledge of, but when I when we've already been tracking, you know, the issue of housing is a major one in New York State right now. The issue of foreclosures really impacting communities, individuals in within those communities. Uh, Sullivan County has a very high uh, foreclosure rate where we are here, and so as I hear this story, it seems to be a bit more about the nuts and bolts of of the funding of this. I one question I keep asking myself is, what does this mean for these larger issues are there any other uh, implications and in, in reporting indications of what this might impact this might have on the people on the ground and and the housing crisis that we're experiencing right now that is a great question and like you said i'm not sure i have an answer to it right now but definitely a good question right but that idea that counties are saying in light of this they're looking for more funding to help with this that might be one potential avenue mm-hmm that that uh, heads that off. Is there anything else you want to let folks know about this story? I don't think so. I think you covered it all. Okay. Well, you covered it first, and I'm so glad that you took the time to talk to us about it here uh, on the local edition. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Okay. We were talking to Arabella Saunders and uh, her article is called After Foreclosing Homes, New York Towns Have to Pay Residents Back. And as you heard there, we're still not exactly sure how that payback will occur and how far back that will go. But that's something that we'll definitely talk to New York Focus about again in the future. Articles up at WJFFRadio.org and all of New York Focus articles are at NYSFocus.com. That's nysfocus.com. We're going to take a quick break and we come back checking in with the Office of the Aging. You're listening to the Local Edition, winner of Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Support for Radio Catskill comes from. Canoza Hall, featuring 22 guest rooms, a fine dining restaurant with full bar by Foster Supply Hospitality's award-winning culinary team, outdoor lakeview seating, and a full-service spa. CanozaHall.com. From the River Reporter newspaper in Narrowsburg, New York, RiverReporter.com. And from listener donations at WJFFRadio.org. Today on The Daily. 
Poverty is linked to the blood and can be exterminated. On the next Radio Lab, one of the most dangerous ideas of the 20th century. Sterilization for the best interest of society. People with disabilities. I'm going to do a motion for sterilization. People with mental illness. These are powers of the state which we should be incredibly suspicious of. Join us for the final episode of our four-part series on the concept of intelligence on the next Radio Lab. This is Radio Catskill. We'll give you a quick uh, weather update here before we get back into the local edition. And uh, that update is there is a winter weather advisory because winter weather is on its way. Winter weather advisory in effect from 7 tomorrow morning until 1 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. From 7 tomorrow morning to 1 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, mixed precipitations expected. Total snow accumulations of up to two inches. Ice accumulations of around one-tenth of an inch. And this advisory covers Sullivan and Delaware counties, Wayne and Pike counties, and uh, points to the west uh, in our listening area and beyond. Pre- precipitation will start as a wintry mix of snow with pockets of freezing rain, uh, most likely tomorrow morning. Precipitation will likely transition back to mainly freezing rain, by Wednesday morning. We will keep an eye on this for you here at Radio Catskill. And welcome back to the local edition. News and information for you. I'm your host, Jason Dole. New York State Office for the Aging is going to celebrate Older New Yorkers Day on Tuesday, May 14th. Sullivan County has an opportunity to include up to two local honorees. Lee Sandul, Director of Aging Services at the Sullivan County Office for the Aging, spoke to Radio Catskills' Patricio Rabayo about the upcoming event and how it will be held in person for the first time in three years. Since 2019, it has been virtual, but typically, it and this year, it will be resumed in person in Albany on May 14th. They, each county has the opportunity to bring honorees to be recognized by the New York State Office for the Aging for outstanding contributions. It does not necessarily have to be an RSVP volunteer. RSVP is our retired senior volunteer program. And we have so many volunteers in our community that are over 55 that may not be registered with RSVP. And we could go into why they should be. But we want to encourage everyone who is volunteering and contributing in a senior in Sullivan County to be considered for this. We want to elicit a lot of nominees for this because the more people that know about this and see the recognition, we're hoping to get more volunteers. Right now, our volunteer ranks are still being impacted by the effect of COVID. Um, we used to have a lot more volunteer drivers, for example. For medical appointments outside of the county, we rely on those volunteers to take seniors from Sullivan County to doctors outside of the county close by in Orange County, for example. As I think a lot of people are learning more and more, more specialists have moved down to Orange County. You may not be able to see the doctor you need to see here in Sullivan. So we are, this is vital. This is a lifeline for our seniors and we really rely heavily on those volunteers. They get uh, mileage reimbursement, full IRS rate, limited for medical and also for our home delivered meal program. We rely on volunteers. Our programs since COVID have been impacted greatly by we haven't been able to reopen all the sites that we had congregate meals at, in part due to the shortage of volunteers. 
and staff. But if we had more volunteers, we could look at reopening more sites as well. So we are always looking for people to volunteer in their communities at these sites to help run these sites again. Um, but back to the older nomination. Um, so it, it's somebody who's been volunteering. It could be for one organization, multiple organizations. Anyone can nominate anyone. We've had family members. We've had supervisors. We've had community members. So anyone can really nominate anyone that is a volunteer who they are feeling is deserving of this. And we get to bring two people. I'm hoping to have the good problem that we have so many people that we have a hard time figuring out who will be our two people and they can bring with them. Typically, we're allowed to have them bring a couple of guests with them and we could bring them up to Albany for this event. We're very excited to be able to do it again in person as it hasn't been since 2019. The effects of the pandemic, there could be a whole different conversation there, the effects of the pandemic had on older New Yorkers in general and anyone in general. I just want to make clear, those who can be nominated. Do they have to be members of RSV or just volunteer in general? Volunteer in general, they do not have to be members of RSVP. In fact, the last, last year, no, the year before last, I think both nominees were technically not RSVP volunteers. And it was a, it's a great way for everyone to feel included. We don't want to exclude anyone from this opportunity. So how, if folks want to nominate someone, they have already listened to this and have someone in mind already pop in their head where can they go to nominate and how can they nominate somebody? They could do it a few different ways. They could stop by the office and get an application. They can go on our website, which is under the County of Sullivan page under aging. And on the top left where the forms are, it's the first thing you could nominate an older New Yorker and the form is right there. They could email us Sullivan OFA at Sullivan NY dot US. They could call our office at 845-807-0241 and get it an application mailed to them and we would we will be happy to get them out any way that is practical. Let's talk more about the RSVP program because I said it's basically run by volunteers who do this deliver the meal and wheel meals on wheels driving folks to the appointments which is very important because most service lot of services have moved to, unfortunately moved to Orange County and the lack of transportation in Sullivan County, even though Sullivan County is doing a great job with the bus yes. service, but they're not going to Orange County. So that's great. Can you talk more about this, this program and how can folks who may want to get involved in, into that? So RSVP does provide for mileage reimbursement, as I said, for meals and for medical. It's unlimited miles. However miles, many miles you're putting in, you get back in mileage reimbursement. For other sites, like people volunteer at local thrift stores or food pantries, there is a 200 mile slash five trip cap on the mileage reimbursement, but it's again, it's full mileage reimbursement at the IRS rate. And there's supplemental insurance available through being an RSVP volunteer. There's recognition events. Not only is there this New York state recognition event, every year we have the volunteer recognition luncheon. Um, and that's a beautiful event. So if you've put in any time volunteering, you're eligible to come to that event for free. And you get a beautiful luncheon, awards, and usually a small gift from the RSVP Council. Each year, it's typically held at the Villa Roma. I believe we're doing it again there this year. And this year, we're also doing something a little different. We're in the process of planning a, a recognition event simply for the drivers because all our volunteers do so much. But the drivers, especially the, I'd say we have about 10 to 12 very consistent drivers uh, for our medical and for our, our meals right now that are stepping up all the time. 
and I, we couldn't do this without them. We're going to have a small event just for the drivers. I think we're looking at April. Um, and there's drivers that have never met each other and they all do, you know, the same thing. So we thought this would be a great opportunity for them to socialize with each other. We can acknowledge what they're bringing to our individuals to help them stay home and independent that much longer if they can get to their medical appointments and get their meals all through volunteers and selflessness. So I just want to make, maybe I'm confused about it. If you want to be part of RSVP, you don't have to be an older adult. You could be um, 55 and older for RSVP to be a volunteer in RSVP. Okay. Yep. 55 or older is for RSVP, a Sullivan County resident. And you just give our office a call. And again, that number is 845-807-0241 and ask for RSVP. Kevin is our RSVP coordinator. Awesome. Now, every month you have a monthly newsletter that comes out and gives out to your members. I love the name, the monthly hoot. It's awesome. So what can, if folks will sign up for the office for the agent, what can they expect when they get the newsletter? The newsletter every month, we put our menu in there. We put the shopping bus schedule. There's lots of timely information about Medicare and health insurance, scams, frauds, free events. And we also have some fun stuff in there now. We have some games and riddles. And we've received so much positive feedback about the newsletter. We're very proud of it. I'm also very proud to say we pay nothing for it. It's all done through a company that does the work for us as far as soliciting ads. So it's costing the taxpayers nothing to get this information. We get about 5,000 printed copies per month. The mailing list has just grown to about 350 that are getting it mailed to them. And we get it out to all the home-delivered meal recipients. We also have it available on our website. We post it through our Facebook page. If people want to receive it via email or postage mail, we can send that to them. Just give our office a call to be added to the list. You mentioned the scam. So look at the article. You had an article about scams. And it's just amazing how scams have increased, I think, in the past couple of years. It's scary that they've gotten savvier with these scams and made them more look made them look more legit. I know... A few months ago, there was a postcard that a lot of people received that said something about health insurance and every, it looked very legit. And it was a, an advertisement. And that's not necessarily a scam, but on the fringes of it was really a solicitation for uh, health insurance, a private company. There's companies that are also soliciting people. You can get this extra money in your social security check. That benefits have been around forever. It's extra help. You don't need to pay to apply for it. You give my office a call. We help you. That's a benefit that a lot of New Yorkers are eligible for. A lot of people in the country rather are eligible for and may not know it. So we will be happy to go through eligibility with people for free and submit that application and they can possibly get their Medicare Part B premium paid back to them. Yeah. So um, these are things that they count on people not being educated about what they are eligible for and exploiting that in ways that it looks like they're doing this great service, but they're really getting information. They're building their their lists to keep targeting. Yeah, no, yeah. So folks who think they may have getting scammed, the good thing to do is call the office for the agent to double check. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it seems like also a lot this particular time of year because the renewal of the healthcare. Yes, I see a lot of emails saying well, you're running out of time. Sign up here. So I'm gonna sign up here. And absolutely, one of the things that's very frustrating through annual election period or open enrollment period is all these great ads with the retired football player, or the retired mm-hmm. '70s actor, telling you about all these great benefits this plan can give you. But they're not taking into consideration that you're talking to somebody who might be in an area that this plan doesn't cover. 
that it's very misleading, those ads. And they, they, for some people, those might be a good answer, but for the majority, they are not. And once you leave a plan that's working for you and you go to those plans, you may not be able to get back into the plan that was working better for you. So we always encourage people to call us and we will give unbiased information that works best for the person. What was that number again? Can you give it out? Sure. 845-807-0241. We're talking to Lisa Ann Duell, Director of Aging Services for old, and talking about Older New Yorkers Day celebration, also talking about RZVP. Before we go, is anything else I have not touched on you want folks to know about? I think you, we covered a lot of material today. Any questions, give our office a call, 845-807-0241. I'm hoping that somebody knows somebody who's looking for meaningful things to do and would like to volunteer. There's opportunities for people who don't drive. There's opportunities for people right in their own neighborhoods. Everything from friendly calling to crocheting and knitting from your own home. We support a lot of volunteers in a lot of different ways. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Robayo. Thank you, Patricio. That's going to do it for the local edition tonight. I've been your host, Jason Dole. I will be back tomorrow evening as we do this all over again. Patricio will be back as well. And tomorrow morning at 10 and every weekday morning at 10, don't miss Radio Chat Skill with Tim Bruno. Local news and conversations for you every morning and evening right here on Radio Catskill. Do keep listening. Remember, we're always live streaming at WJFFradio.org and sign up for the local edition podcast and make sure you never miss any edition of the local edition. We got the daily coming up next. And then after that, it's, uh, Laura Flanders show and trailer talk with Sabrina Artel. Remember, there's a winter weather advisory. It's going in effect from 7 a.m. to tomorrow morning until 1 p.m. Wednesday afternoon. Uh, and this includes uh, mixed precipitation expected to start with snow up to two inches of snow possible and accumulations of around a tenth of an inch of ice. This is Radio Catskill.